Alrighty. Well, we've been talking about, uh, oh, oh, you know, we've been over here uh, looking at first, um, first Samuel and second Samuel. All of this is about David. Jesus talked about David. David said, why does he talk about who's, who the Messiah is? Whose son is he? Everybody goes, well, it's David's son. And David said, well, how, I mean, the Lord said, well, how can he call him his son when he calls him later? David calls him Lord. And the Bible says that the people love Jesus for all these cool things he was saying. You know, it's like, hmm, made everybody think. Well, Jesus was trying to tell him. Uh, and remember, he was talking about the kingdom of God. So anyway, uh, I want to, you know, here's your Bible, first, beginning to end over here. And we're going to go, notice here, in the, this, your New Testament starts here in Matthew. And here's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four men. And they wrote their account of what, about Jesus. That's where we have all the history about Jesus, what he actually did. It's, it's like watching a video. It's complete history. Now, Jesus, at the end of uh, these, obviously, these accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Oh, Jesus ascended up into heaven. Okay, so what's next? It's really interesting. It's Acts. It's called Acts, and it's the Acts of not just the apostles, but uh, it's uh, the the church. So let's go to the book of Acts here, and uh, I want us to jump in here at chapter 13, and (laughs) notice how many verses it is, 50 here. Let's watch this. Okay, here we go. Acts chapter 13. Now, to back up just a little bit, Paul is already saved. He was trying to kill everybody in the church. Remember that? He had that oh, on the road to Damascus in chapter 9. And boy, he was hauling off people to prison. Man. Anyway, but now Paul, boy, Paul's, Paul knows. Here we are. So, among the prophets and teachers at the church at Antioch, where Barnabas and Simeon, also called the black man. It's interesting. Your King James will, will call him uh, Niger. N-I-G-E-R. Of course, you just read through it and you think, I know what that means. Well, you know that. We've heard the N-word. <laughs> also called the black man. You reckon it's because he wore black clothes? Come on. There's no way. There was a guy that the Roman soldiers put on. And his name was Simeon, too. Remember that? They put this guy. He was from where? From uh, Nigeria. They put it on his, on his back. Carried it. More than likely, he was a black guy. But anyway, Lucius from Cyrene, Mena, the foster brother of King Herod. Oh, hold on a minute. Let's see, what's a foster brother? Well, he would obviously know King Herod. Guess what happened just prior to this? You know all this history. About that time, King Herod moved, moved against the believers, killed the apostle James, John's brother. That's John 3.16, John. That's his brother, James. When Herod saw how much it pleased the Jewish leaders, he arrested Peter during the Passover celebration. He imprisoned Peter. Now, we're going to read this story. You know good and well uh, what happened, the Lord got him out. But let's go down here, what just happened to uh, Mr. Herod there. Okay, uh, when Herod was sent for, he found it, well, okay, he found out that Peter wasn't there, so he had all those 16 guys killed. That wasn't very Christian-like. Well, wait a minute. There wasn't prayer for those 16 guys, there was prayer for Peter. God take care of the other guys. Don't worry about it. Well, I don't want any soldiers to die if the Lord rescues me. Trying to make it all politically correct. Just pray for world peace. I'm not praying for world peace. Did Jesus say pray for peace? No. Pray for people to get saved. Glory to God. Remember Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. Remember that? He did say that. That's right. Remember he said, I came to bring a what? A nine millimeter. I know I'm reaching my pocket back and pull mine out. Yeah. 
He said, I came to bring, he said, I came to bring a sword. Wow. Okay, so this is Herod. While he was in Caesarea, a delegation from Tyre and Sidon arrived to see him. Same thing we happened today. We see all these, bit, these high officials showing up in other countries. He was highly displeased with the people of those two cities, but the delegates made friends with Blastus, the royal secretary, and asked for peace. For their cities were economically dependent on trade upon Herod's country. Remember, we're just reading in, in ten verses, this is Herod's foster brother. Wow! An appointment with Herod was arranged. And the day came, he put on his royal robe, sat on his throne, made a speech to them. At the conclusion, now this is a big uh-oh. At the conclusion, the people gave a great ovation, shouting, it's the voice of a God and not of a man. Now this stuff, it still goes on today. But, uh, wow. Remember, Caesar was supposed to be a God. That's just the way they treated it. Well, buddy, I'll tell you what, you just don't pull that stuff off. You can go that route if you want to. The boy, instantly an angel of the Lord struck Herod with a sickness. He was filled with maggots and died. Because he accepted the people's worship instead of giving the glory to God. Same thing with Nebuchadnezzar. Same thing with Pharaoh. Okay. God's good news spread rapidly and there were many believers. Wow. I mean, this thing was just catching on like crazy. That's the reason, you know, you can go back historically and you can look. And this thing just, it just, it was the kingdom of God. It just expounded. We're not on shaky ground here. Jesus was actually here. All right, here we go. Barnabas now visited Jerusalem, and as soon as they finished their business, they returned to Antioch, taking John Mark with him. Now, who was John Mark? If you back up just a minute, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, when Peter got out of jail, the angel got him. Let's see, where is it at? Yeah, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. Okay, now, here we go. That was the end of that chapter, and boom, here we go. Just wanted you to hear Herod just kicked the bucket, didn't he? Among the prophets and teachers at the churches of Antioch, the church in Antioch, Barnabas and Simeon called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, Manon, the foster brother of Herod, and Paul. One day, as these men were worshiping and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Hey, dedicate Barnabas and Paul for a special job I have for them. This, uh, this is excuse me, uh, uh, Acts chapter 13. So after more fasting and, men, uh, fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. These guys are going to go out and do some mission work. Okay. Directed by the Holy Spirit, they went to Seleucia. Then they sailed for Cyprus. Well, you know some of these places. You can look these places up on a map. There in the town of Salamis, they went to the Jewish synagogue and preached. John Mark went with them as their assistant. Now, John Mark, in a little bit, is going to go back home. I'm going home. He's going to deserve him. So what? No big deal. Just like I say, it's history. Afterward, they preached from town to town across the entire island. Do you notice how this is history? It's a spiritual book. We don't get spiritual things out of it, but it's history. When they finally reached to Paphos, we know where that is. If you've been over to the Roman area, what is it, Greece and all that, you know, where they met a Jewish sorcerer, whoa, what about it? a fake prophet named Bar-Jesus? Woo. He had attached himself to the governor, Sergius Paulus, a man of considerable insight and understanding. That's Sergius Paulus, not the other guy. The governor invited Barnabas and Paul to visit him, for he wanted to hear their message from God. But the sorcerer, Elimus, as his name is interpreted, and what it says, yeah, his name's the notice in Greek, inferred and urged the governor to pay no attention to what Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas said, trying to keep them from trusting the Lord. Now, wait a minute. What is trusting the Lord? Well, I tell you what, it ain't got nothing to do with money. It ain't got nothing to do with you doing something other than I believe the story. Here we go. Then Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, glared, glared angrily at the sorcerer and said, You son of the devil. Oh, that's not Christian-like. Oh, yes, it's very Christian-like. This guy was working for the devil. Full of every sort of trickery. Oh, I'm sure Paul said this real nicely. No, he didn't. He flared right out at him. 
Will you never end your opposition to the Lord? And now God's laid his hand of punishment upon you, and you're going to be stricken with a while with blindness. Look what happened. Whoa! Instantly, mist and darkness fell upon him, and he began wandering around, begging someone to take his hand and lead him. Remember that same thing happened to Paul. When he saw, when he heard the Lord, he, he, he couldn't see. When the governor saw what happened, he believed and was astonished at the power. Look at that, of God's message. Now Paul and those with him, they left. Now notice this governor. The governor said, man, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I believe. Paul left with him. Now Paul and those with him left Paphos by ship for Turkey. Hey, we know where that is. Yeah. Landing at the port of Perga. Then John, there it is, deserted him. Who knows why? Who cares? He's going to come up later. Okay. That's right. If you get preachers, they just dive in. And they go, well, John Mark knew. No, Paul didn't get stoned until a couple of days after this. John just wanted to go back home. We've all decided we want off the mission trip, whatever. We, we, we just don't get into that. Just take the history. All right, they ret- and he returned to Jerusalem. But Barnabas and Paul went on to Antioch, the city and province of Pisidia. On the Sabbath, they went into a city for the, went into synagogue for the services. And that's a Jewish church. Okay, watch this. After the usual, look at this, look at this. After the usual what? Readings from the book of Moses and the prophets. What do we do here all the time? Same thing. Same thing. Watch what he says. See if it's the same thing you hear around here. Of course it is. Oh, those in charge of the service sent this message. Brothers, hey, if you've got any word of instruction, excuse me, you got any word of instruction, uh, come give it to us. Paul stood up, watch what he did, waved a greeting, and began. And there probably could have been just 25 people. Could have been 30, 40. We have no idea. It's a synagogue. Could have been just 10. Let me begin my remarks with, look at this, a bit of history. The God of this nation, Israel, chose our ancestors and honored them in eat. Here we go, that myth, that fable. Uh, no, it wasn't. By gloriously leading them out of slavery and honored them in Egypt by, oh, let's see, excuse me, and nursed them through 40 years of wandering around in the wilderness. Where do you get that from? Well, even Josephus, the historian, knew all that. Anyway, here we go. Then he destroyed, look at that, here it is, seven nations in Canaan gave Israel their land as an inheritance. Look at that, <gasps> judges, uh-oh, here we go again, ruled for about, there's a time frame, 450 years, and were followed by, <gasps> that's where we've been the last few months, Samuel the prophet. Then the people did what? They begged for a king. God gave them Saul, we got that, the son of Kish, a man of Benjamin who reigned for 40 years. But God removed him and placed, oh, here he comes, David as king. Why is Paul wasting all this time here? It's so important. It's all the history and the track record of, of the plan of Jesus. Anyway, here. But God removed him, placed with him David as king, a man whom God said, David, son of Jesse, is after my own heart, for he will obey me, except when he gets to Bathsheba. Now, wait a minute. Even in that junk, remember it all happened in one, one chapter. And that baby died, but then the Lord loved Solomon, and which prior to that, you can't have Solomon unless David jumped in the sack with Bathsheba again. I mean, see how backwards we've had this? It's mercy. And what people think is Christianity is not. All this thou shalt not, thou shalt not, and if you ever marry and you divorce, and, and you better, your only, your, your only path is to go back to your first wife. God, don't recognize that second and third and fourth wife. It's all about your wives, isn't it? 
It's about trusting in Jesus. If you want a thousand wives like Solomon had, your business, whatever. You'll figure out what that's like. Can you imagine that? A thousand women telling me what to do. God. I mean, really, there's this, isn't it, wouldn't you say it's a self-fix? Oh, why do I want to get up here and tell young people, y'all better not speed? Better not speed. That's not Christ-like. Go figure it out yourself. When you got that driver's license, they told you to obey the speed limits. You go out there and find out. Well, I only got 12 tickets. I don't understand what happened. They won't let me drive anymore. Ah, oh, you didn't read the rules. It's on a point system. You get 12 of them, you're riding a bus from now on. Oh, man. But it's not about that. Praise the Lord. Anyway, the people begged for a king. So here they go. All right, here's what happened. Let's see. As one of King David's descendants, uh, let's back up. And it is one of King David's descendants, Jesus, who God promised to be the Savior of Israel. Now we know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. See, the prophets, remember he said, I'm going to talk from, they were reading from Moses' books and then from the prophets. Well, the prophets kept saying, a descendant of David, a descendant of David. Before he came, John the Baptist preached the need for Israel to turn from sin to God. Now, this was 25 years after John the Baptist had preached. 25 years, a quarter century. As John was finishing his work, he said, do you think I'm the Messiah? No. He's coming, and in comparison to him, I'm utterly worthless. That's what he said in John chapter 1. I'm not worthy to undo his shoes. Brothers, you sons of Abraham. Who's that? Genesis, we know. And all of you Gentiles here. See, they were not in Israel. They were way outside in the land of Greece somewhere. Look at this. This salvation is for all of us. The Jews in Jerusalem and their leaders fulfilled prophecy by killing Jesus. They didn't recognize him or realize he was the one the prophets had written about, though they had heard the prophet's word read every Sabbath. They found no just cause to execute him, uh, but asked Pilate to have him killed anyway. Remember, Pilate said, I find no fault with him. Boy, he wrestled with those guys. And he said, well, y'all go crucify him. I have nothing to do with it. Remember, he washed his hands in water. When they had fulfilled the prophecies concerning his death, he was taken from the cross, placed in a tomb. But God brought him back to life again. And he was seen, by many, uh, he was seen many times in the next few days by the men who had accompanied him to Jerusalem from Galilee. These men constantly testified to this in public witness. Now Barnabas and I are here to bring you this good news that God promised to our ancestors. Has come, uh, excuse me, to our ancestors has come true in, in our own life, in our own time. In that God brought Jesus back to life again. This is why I started out with that verse. This is what the second psalm was talking about. Well, this is the second psalm. When he said concerning Jesus, today I have honored you as my son. King James says, today I have begotten thee. Well, he just became, well, yeah, he became <laughs> again. For God promised to bring him back to life. No more to die. Here it is. That is stated in the scripture that says, I will do for you the wonderful things I promised David. In another one, here it is, Psalm 16. He fully explains saying, God will not let his holy one decay. This was not a reference to David. God, we got to quit this David stuff. He never was here. Oh, yeah, he was too. We're going to have a real big problem here trying to say there was no such thing as David. David didn't exist. He did too. Remember, I, you know, <laughs> you see those statues of David all the time. And he ain't got no clothes on. He ain't got no arms either. Yeah. David who? David somebody? No, the David we're talking about. That statue's probably a thousand years old. Anyway, it was not reference to David. For David, after serving his generation according to will, God's will, he died and was buried and his body decayed. No, it was a reference to another, someone God brought back to life, whose body was not touched at all by the ravages of death. Now, now where's he going with this? Well, keep reading, remember? He's trying to tell some people who are just Jews only what happened in Jerusalem. 
And they asked him, hey, brothers, can you, you want to tell us something? Look at this. Here we go. Look at that. There is a fountain. Watch this. Brothers, listen. In this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. Everyone who trusts in him is free from all guilt and declared righteous. Something the Jewish law could never do. Oh, be careful. Don't let the words of the prophets apply to you. For they said, look and perish, you despisers of the truth. For I'm doing something in your day, something that you won't believe when you hear it announced. Remember the Bible talks about what Paul wrote. It says, God chose through the foolishness of preaching to save us. It does sound stupid. Richard, you mean coming to your church for 20 years or whatever, how long, you know, that's all it is. It's all about just, yeah. You walk out these doors and you have life's little problems. It's all about you trusting the Lord. And you got to trust him to save you too. What's going to happen to me when I die? (laughs) You're going to go right to the presence of the Lord. Not to face judgment. You know, you won't. That John we were talking about, not John Mark, but uh, remember Herod killed John's brother. Well, the one that was still alive, he wrote third, he wrote first, second, third John. But anyway, he says, in the day of judgment, we will have boldness. Not me, man. <laughs> I'm going there and sneaking. You will have boldness because you, you, you know the story. Jesus took care of it all. Anyway, here we go. Keep reading. So anyway, the, the, as the people left the synagogue, they asked Paul to return to speak to them the next week. Many Jews and godly Gentiles who worshipped at the synagogue followed Paul and Barnabas down the street as the two men urged them to accept the mercies of God, uh, mer- mer- accept the mercies God was offering. The following week, look at that, the entire city turned out to hear the word of God. Whoa, now this is... But when the Jewish leaders, oh, hello, saw the crowds, they were jealous. They cursed and argued against whatever Paul said. Now remember, Paul got stoned. This is going to happen in the next chapter. But remember, it didn't kill him, does it? The believers got around him, and all of a sudden, he came back up. And Paul walked back in there. Hey, thought you guys had me stoned, didn't you? Why did all that happen? People just like that sorcerer. They thought, whoa, this stuff is real. Anyway, they were jealous. Anyway, Paul and Barnabas spoke out loud. Look at this. He said, it was necessary that this good news from God should be given first to you Jews. But since you've rejected it and shown yourselves unworthy of eternal life, well, we're going to give it to, we're going to get, we're going to offer it to the Gentiles. For this is as the Lord commanded when he said, I made you a light to the Gentiles to lead them from the farthest corners of the earth to my salvation. When the Gentiles heard this, they were very glad and rejoiced. Paul's message and as many as wanted eternal life believed. So God's message throughout, uh, spread throughout that region. Then the Jewish leaders stirred up. Now, some of the women folk got involved. Well, I know. They get on the wrong side of the horse. It's in trouble. Godly women and the civic leaders of the town, they incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas. Ran them out of town. But they shook the dust off their feet. Remember, Jesus said to do that. And they went to the city of Iconium. And their converts were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Now, where's the doom and gloom for Christianity? This is the whole town. Why didn't Paul stand up and say, now look, hold on. Got to accept the good with the bad. No, everything about Jesus was glorious. It was wonderful. It was fantastic. Whatever your problem is, he'll fix it. All this stuff about David. Well, let's go run back over there and see, see some more of David before we go home. All right, here we go. So we were at uh, 2 Samuel, and we got to, let's just jump in here and see, 17. Let me see where I'm at. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, here we go. So, um, mm, 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 mm. 
Yeah, here we are right here. Okay. All right, here's David. And this, is when, uh, this is when Bathsheba, this is when the, you know, he had to get a hold of David and say, David, look, you blew it, man. So, but David repented. Okay. And the Lord blessed him. Remember, he had all the jewelry. He had that $50,000 crown. You're not supposed to have that in that same woman you ran off with. Yeah, he got to keep the woman he had and everything. Praise the Lord. Anyway, here we are. Prince Absalom, David's son, had a beautiful sister named Tamar. Got the picture? And Prince Abnon, her half-brother. Remember, David had probably one wife, two wife, three wife, four wife, five wife, six wife, seven wife more. Okay, he had about ten, eleven, or whatever. Probably more than that. Okay. All right, look at this. But this guy, now they're all palisades. They all live in the palace. He fell desperately in love with her. Now, it's a little X-rated, so watch out. Here we go. Abnon became so tormented for his love, excuse me, tormented by his love for her that he became ill. Love sick, whatever. He had no way of talking with her, for the girls and the young men were kept strictly apart. Oh, okay, girls over there, guys over here. Got it. Okay. But Amnon, a very crafty, look at this, no, had a very crafty friend, his cousin Jonadab, the son of David's brother Shemia. Boy, all these tentacles, we're going to find out this stuff was a lie. People were smoking dope and they were on drugs. Nah, they weren't either. 15, let's see, not 1500, but about 800 years later, Paul was referencing all this. Okay, one day, Jonadab said to Ammon, What's the trouble? Why should the son of a king look so haggard morning after morning? Ammon told him, I'm in love with Tamar. We all know what that's like. Man, I'm in love with so-and-so. My half-sister. Well, Jonadab said, I'll tell you what to do. Go back to bed. Pretend you're sick. We don't have no line. This is history, man. Yeah, keep Bob awake over there, okay? Okay, went back to bed. Pretend you're sick. When your father comes to see you, ask him to let Tamar come and prepare some food for you. Oh, no. You already know what's going to happen. Tell him you'll feel better if she feeds you. Oh, how sweet. Man. Well, here comes the trouble. Watch this. So Ammon did. The king. Now, who's the king now? David. So David went to see him. Ammon said, hey, uh, Dad, would you do me a favor? Can you get my sister Tamar to be permitted to come in and cook a little something for me? David agreed. Yeah. Sent word to Tamar, go to Ammon's quarters and prepare some food for him. Now, you know, she knew she was probably good looking. And she probably knew, as a woman would have known, yeah, I know why you want me in here. I know you feel better if I'm in here. But now, she probably didn't know this was fixing to happen. So she went into his bedroom so that he could watch her mix some dough. Then she baked some special bread for him. And when she set the serving tray before him, he refused to eat. Everyone get out of here, he told his servants. So they all left the apartment. Uh-oh. 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 And you know, we all have stories like this that create problems because guess what? A big, bad problem is fixing to happen for David. And what's going to happen to David? He's going to get out of it. Anyway, Tamar, uh, bring me some food again here in the bedroom and feed me. So Tamar took it to him. But as she was standing there before him, well, he grabbed hold, didn't he? He grabbed her and demanded, come to bed with me, my darling. Oh, Ammon, she cried. Don't be foolish. Don't do this to me. You know what a serious crime it is in Israel. Where could I go in my shame? And you would be called one of the greatest fools in Israel. Please speak to the king, David, about it, and he will let you marry me. Mm-mm. Oh, Ammon's just ready for bedtime activities. Look at this. But he wouldn't listen. And since he was stronger than she... He forced her. Then suddenly his love, look at that. His love turned to hate. We understand that. And now he hated her more than he loved her. Get out of her here, he snarled. No, no, she cried. 
to reject me now is a greater crime than the other you did. Yep. But he wouldn't listen. He shouted for his valet and the man throw this woman out and locked the door. Oh, brother. Now remember who her brother is, Absalom. Hmm. Okay. So he put her out. She was wearing a long robe. See how spiritual this is? Have you already got the spiritual point out of this? Nothing spiritual about this. This is history. Uh-uh. We're going to get something. because it's a, it's a slice of life here. And we're going to see. So she was wearing a long robe with sleeves and was the custom in those days, though as was the custom for virgins. She ain't a virgin anymore. Now she tore the robe, put ashes on her head, uh, and with her head in her hands went away crying. Man, she sounded the alarm, didn't she? Her brother Absalom asked her, Is it true that Ammon raped you? Don't be upset. <laughs> Look what he says. Since it's all in the family anyway. It's not anything to worry about. In other words, Am, excuse me, Absalom was saying, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. All right. So Tamar lived as a desolate woman in her brother's quarters. Wow. When King David heard about it, he was very angry. But Absalom said nothing one way or the other about this to Ammon. However, he hated him with a deep hatred because of what he had done to his sister. Then two years later, now obviously this is not about forgiveness. No, don't, we're not going any of those routes. This is about revenge. <laughs> Absalom's going to get it too. Anyway, Absalom's sheep were being sheared at Baal Hazar and Ephraim. Wow, Absalom invited his father, that'd be David, and his brothers to come to a feast to celebrate the occasion. The king said, I oh, know, my boy, uh, if we all come, it'd be too much burden on you. We've heard that before. Well, if we all come over to Aunt so-and-so's house, that's too many of us. Okay. Well, Absalom pressed him, but he still wouldn't come. Remember, he's talking to his dad, David. Though he said thanks. Well, Absalom said, if you can't come, how about sending me Ammon? <laughs> David's going, uh, why Ammon? <laughs> well, Absalom kept urging it until finally the, agree, the king agreed and sit, let all of his sons. Wow. All of his sons. Now, it's a key thing, all. I want you to think all. Remember, there's no email. There's no texting. You don't know what's going on in a split second. And I'll go ahead and speed to it. David hears in a moment that all his sons were killed. But they weren't. Just one. Okay. Just want to tell you that. Spoiled the story. Whatever. Absalom told his men, wait till Ammon is drunk. Then at my signal, kill him. Don't be afraid. No, don't worry about my dad, David. You do what I tell you. I'm the one who gives orders around here. And this is a command. Take courage and do it. Boy, they gussied up and said, okay, boss. So they murdered Ammon. The other sons of the king jumped up on their mules and fled. As they were on their way to Jerusalem, the report reached David. Absalom's killed all your brothers. <laughs> no, not one is left alive. Oh, you see how the story gets wild? Well, that's where David choked and he didn't believe in the Lord anymore. No, David did what he always does. He always trusts the Lord. Anyway, the king jumped up, ripped his robe, fell prostrate to the ground. What does that mean? He loses footing? No, David was like he did before the ark with no clothes on. He's... <laughs> My God, my help. What should we do? We hear this, David, 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 David. Do what he does. When you hear bad news, boy, hit the ground. My God, help. Read the Psalms and see what David would have said. Help me now, Lord. Don't delay. Yeah. Anyway. He tore, his aides also tore their clothes in horror and sorrow. Just then, man, you talk about a praise report. Jonadab, the son of David's brother, arrived and said, No! They've not all been killed. That'd been a mighty praise the Lord from me if I heard that. Praise God! Woo! 
Anyway, it was only Ammon. Absalom has been plotting this ever since Ammon raped Tamar. No, no, your sons are not dead. It was only Ammon. Meanwhile, Absalom escaped. Now, David's ticked off at Absalom. Okay. Now, the watchman of the city, a watchman of Jerusalem, saw a great crowd coming toward the city along the road to the side of the hill. See, Jonadab told the king, there they are now. Your sons are just coming. You talk about a mighty praise report. I mean, because it would have been, if you have an insurrection, and they're try- and David kept talking about this in the Psalms. How many there are, they're trying to, re- my closest friend that I ate dinner with has lifted up his heel against me. He wants to kill me. Hey, pass me the salt. <laughs> I mean, it, rough being king when you got people that love the devil around you. Okay, anyway. As soon as they arrive, weeping and sobbing, uh, and the king's official wept with them. Now, I'll tell you, talk about emotions. God. Absalom, boy, he fled to King Talmud of Geshur. Boy, he left town. The son of Almadad stayed there three years. Meanwhile, David had now, he was reconciled with Ammon's death and longed for the day, long day after day, for fellowship with his son Absalom. Now he wants Absalom back. He knew why he did it. He wanted to bust old Absalom's head, but now he wants to see him. We may have to stop. Hang on a second. It's probably far enough right now. Yeah, it's like 30 seconds. Okay. Anyway, remember, we don't read this next year, but we may have to wait till next Sunday. You read it yourself. When General Joab realized how much the king was longing to see Absalom, he sent a, for, he sent a woman of Tekoa who had a reputation for a great wisdom and told her to ask for an appointment to the king. He told her what to say. Now, remember, Joab's not on David's favorite list. Even though he's his general, because David was trying to pull the kingdom together and Joab pulled a blunder and killed Abner, which Abner was Saul. That was David's old boss, the king. He killed Absalom's, uh, I don't know, he killed uh, Saul's <clears throat> uncle. Anyway, it was really making it hard for David to be in front of all the people and be known as, hey, I didn't have anything to do with this. Plus, David had made it, he swore that I would not kill your family. And Joab's out there saying, I'm going to kill everybody from Saul. Joab's trying to get in the midst of this thing. Anyway, he says, Hey, wear mourning clothes. Deceive your hair as though you've been in deep sorrow for a long time. When the woman approached the king, she fell down on the floor, floor in front of him and cried, Oh, king, help me. Now, remember, David wants to see Absalom, but he's... Right now, I stay away. What's the trouble? I'm a widow, she replied. I had two sons in a fight in the field. And guess what's coming? Absalom and Ammon. I had two sons in a, that were, had a, they were in a fight... No one was there to separate. One was killed. Oh, really? Now the rest of my family is demanding I surrender the other son to them to be executed for murdering his brother. But if I do that, I'll have no one left, and my husband's name will be destroyed from the face of the earth. Leave it with me, David, the king said. I'll see that nobody touches him. Well, now she's going to... Remember, she's known to be a real smart woman here. Oh, thank you, my lord, she replied. I'll take the responsibility if you're criticized for helping me like this. Oh, don't worry about that, David said. If anyone objects... (laughs) <laughs> Look at David said, if anyone objects, bring her to me. I can assure you, he'll never complain again. <laughs> and look at this. Uh-oh. Then she said, hey, swear to me by God that you won't let anyone harm my son. I don't want any more bloodshed. I vow by God, he says, that no one, not a hair of your son's head will be disturbed. Here she goes. Uh, let me ask one more thing of you. Uh, go ahead. Why don't you do as much for all the people of God as you promised to be? You convicted yourself in making the decision because you refused to bring home your own banished son, Absalom, remember he's out of town. All of us got to die sometime. Our life is like water poured out of the ground. It can't be gathered. But God will bless you with a longer life if you will find a way to bring your son back. 
<laughs> David's smart too. Look what David says. You've been talking to Joab. I've come to plead with you for my son in his life. Okay, la da da da. Perhaps the king will listen to me and rescue us from those who would end our existence in Israel. Yes, the king will give us peace. I know you're like an angel of God and you can discern good and evil. Okay, may God, whatever. Okay. Uh, I want to know one thing, David says. Uh, yes, my lord. <laughs> Did Joab send you in here? <laughs> she says, oh, how can I deny it? Yes, Joab sent me and told me what to say. He did it in order to place the matter in a different light to you, but you're wise as an angel, and you know everything that happens. So anyway, the king sent for Joab. All right, bring, he will ask Joab to come in. All right, go bring Absalom. Joab fell to the ground and blessed him and said, at last I know, look at this, you like me. See, I mean, David and his, David's still ticked off about it. Matter of fact, I'll tell you what, in just a few chapters, David's fixing to die, and he tells his son from Solomon, uh, I want you to arrange a bloody death for Joab. <laughs> because he's treating me pretty bad. Okay. Well, that's not very Christian like. Well, wait a minute. You go go back and read what old Joab was up to. He's pulling daggers out of his pants and going, Hey brother, how you doing? Man. Two people he did it to. Two people, oh man, anyway. And guess what? This clown's going to do Absalom that way. After the commander said, make sure Absalom's not hurt, Joab's going to, he's dangling there by his hair. <laughs> well, now I know you love me, or you like me, whatever. Uh, you've granted me this request. Then Joab went to Geshur, brought Absalom back to Jerusalem. He may go to his own quarters, the king ordered, but he must never come in here. <laughs> so he, he won't go let him come in for a little bit. Let's see, I think he gets there. No one in Israel was such a handsome specimen of manhood as Absalom, or, else, or no one else received such praise. He cut his hair. Look at that. He cut his hair only once a year. Man. Weighed three pounds. It was too much of a load to carry. He had, he had three sons, one daughter, Tamar, who was a very beautiful girl. After Absalom had been in Jerusalem for two years and had not seen the king, so now we know five years has gone by. Actually, seven. Seven since uh, absolute, well, five years of banishment, whatever. Anyway, uh, he sent for Joab to intercede for him, but Joab wouldn't come. Absalom sent for him again, he wouldn't come. So Absalom, he told his servants, hey, go, go catch his house on fire. Actually, his barley field. Boy, Joab came and says, why did your servant set my field on fire? Absalom said, because I wanted you to ask the king why he brought me back to Geshur if he didn't intend to see me. I might as well have stayed there. Let me have an interview with the king, and if he finds that I'm guilty of murder, let him execute me. So David, no, excuse me, Joab told the king what Absalom said. Then at last, David, look at this, look at this, look at that. He summoned Absalom, and he came and bowed low before the king. David kissed him. I've seen relatives act that way. I ain't talking to him for 10 years. I don't care if it's forever. You go to a funeral, they're hugging and crying on each other. Does that make the Bible real? Yeah, I'd say so. Boy, you wait, it happens next. Absalom's fixed to take away the Actually, he does. He, you're not going to believe it. David and his whole kingdom, his whole entourage, get run out of town in the next chapter. They have to leave Jerusalem. But they ain't gone in a couple weeks. They come right back. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. This stuff is real. And we just thank you, Lord. If we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. What's healthy? you? Praise God. You made our bodies. Make them well, Lord. Father, if it's financial, make our finances well. And if it's some problem we've got, just fix us all around. Stop all our problems. Help us, Lord. Because you're a great Savior. You're our God. We need you. And that doesn't leave anything left. But for us to leave details and tell others about how great you got us out of trouble. We'll always point to Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Praise God.